very good morning to all of you. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church. I'll be preaching today from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Today is Children's Day service. When I was doing the Lord's Supper, I was looking around, I counted only five. <laughs> Cannot be. Huh? Maybe the Children's Day service is people like me, who we are, of course, we are still children, but I'm looking at primary K1 to P6, that children, that means they're five years old to 12 years old children. Is there any children who is here today? Would you like to identify and come to the front? Because I want to, to share with you a story. So please come to the front. The teachers can help me. There are some color pencils here. Now I want the children to, uh, to join me so that together we study, together we learn. I have uh, photocopied uh, different colors uh, handout for you. Alright, teachers, please help them to fill in the blank. It is very straightforward, but just in case they have a challenge, uh, teachers, please uh, ex- help them to ex- uh, explain to them. Alright, now these are the, the colors. Alright, uh, pick one, please. Yeah. Cup? Yeah. <laughs> only, only five years old to 12 years old. Huh? <laughs> no, those, uh, something like myself, please do not come. Because... <laughs> Alright, please pass it around, okay? Oh, there's, there's, uh, there's silver color, this is silver. Alright, when you're off the light, it's very, very silverish, okay? Yeah. Alright, thank you. Andrea, get a piece of paper, Andrea. Come on. Now, there's color pencil as well. Please grab, grab for one. Our church has about 45 to 50 children, all right, from, from uh, K1, that means 5 years old, all the way to P6, that means 12 years old, all right, but perhaps some of them are not here or some of them are shy, all right, but uh, please, uh, this sermon or this message is not just for the children, it's for the adults as well, all right? Not enough, For the rest of us adults, if you have your hand up, you can follow and track along with me. Alright, let the children settle down first. And those children who are who are more advanced in age, uh, help those who are not so advanced in age, explain to them, okay, help them, alright? So that Uncle Bobby don't have to stress a little bit. Alright, are you ready? If we are ready, shall we go to God in prayer? We go to God in prayer. Father, we come before you. We thank you that this is a time that we can look at your word. We can study your word. Father, we know, Lord, that um, only through studying your word, then we will know your ways and we will know your will. And so, Father, we pray that you will guide us this morning as we study the passage in First Samuel chapter 17. And we pray, Father, that whether children of a certain age or children of a Advanced age, all of us can study together and grow together. So we commit this time to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Recently, if you read the papers, there is um, something that is happening called the Umbrella Revolution. 
umbrella revolution. This is something to do with the uh, some sort of demonstration in Hong Kong. All right, it was led by a little a, a young boy, seventeen years old. His name is Joshua Wong. All right, so there's something about this uh, in this life. There's about this underdog versus the establishment. There's something that brings up in all of us this idea of wanting to come alongside those who are hard pressed, those who are who are bullied. So today's passage, as you look at First Samuel chapter seventeen, it has a similar, similar idea behind this, but, but it is not the same idea. And today we want to go through the passage, and then we want to study together what exactly is the message for First Samuel chapter seventeen. Now it has been the same for the past six weeks. All right, for the past six weeks, the armies, the crack troops of Israel, actually these are the Israel army. The crack troops are positioned at the north, okay, north of this valley of Elah. And the Philistine army, a smaller, smaller size army, they are positioned at the south. This is the valley. Right, so you can imagine in this area, the valley of Elah, on the north, on the north of the country, the, the crack troops as well as the overwhelming Israeli army, they were there, right, led by this King Saul. And on the south, separated by a valley, these are the Philistine army, a smaller group. And so what happened was for the past six weeks, every morning the same thing happens. The troops will gather together, the Israel army will go to the north, the, the Philistine army will go to the south, and then they will assemble, and then the soldiers will pick up the shields, pick up their, their spears, and then they will, they will bang, bang on the shields and spears, and then they will challenge one another. Now, on the Philistine side, there is a change from previous encounter. There is a man, and this man is tall. Yeah, his name is Goliath. Now, how tall is Goliath? Nine feet tall. Nine feet tall, yes. It's good. Three meters. All right, three meters. Goliath is three meters. Now, not only that, Goliath is a champion of the Philistine army. And so, now Goliath being a tall man, can you imagine what type of armor he carries? His armor, his body armor is actually in place. Alright? Design. Yes? Bronze. Bronze. Okay. Bronze. Okay. Alright. But you know how heavy is his body armor? Hmm? No, not 2,000 kilo. <laughs> He's not a monster. Alright. 60 kilo. That means maybe the weight of my wife. Okay? <laughs> or maybe one and a half times the weight of my wife. Okay? I don't know. Be very careful. But definitely I'm more than 60 kilo. Okay? I'm 75. Okay? Alright? 60 kilo. Now, his spear. His spear, according to the Bible, if you read the text, First Samuel 17, it's like a beam on the roof. Alright? It's not a small, we call this teko. Uh, in the, we, you know, we hang out the clothes. Right? We call this bamboo stick, green color or red color. There's plastic wrapping. We that that one inch diameter. This one is a beam, all right. And the spearhead, the spearhead itself is six kilo, all right. Six kilo. Can you imagine how heavy is six kilo? Right. Now here is a giant of a man, and then what he what he does? He comes before the the troops day in and out. When they gather together, they will bang their shield, they bang their spear, and then he will say, "Hey, are you man enough?" 
I represent the Philistine army. Send one of your champions. Alright, and then we do battle. If I win, yes, good. If I win, I will take them. We will take you as slaves. If we lose, we become your slaves. Right? Day in, day out, this is like this. But nobody dares to take on Goliath. And so what happened? Yes, he keeps threatening and they will gather together in the morning. When the sun is up very hot in the afternoon, they will just backtrack. Everybody will go back to their camp right, to rest. And then when evening comes, when the shadows of the sun is going down, the same things happen. The troops come together and then they bang. All right? But nobody will cross the Elah Valley. Okay? Nobody there to take on Goliath. Until nightfall, they go back to the camp. Okay? This boy said they don't have faith in God. And then, uh, you're going to say? Rebecca, you're going to say? Okay, why do they have challenge other? Okay, we're going to talk about this okay, as the story unfolds. Okay? Now, every morning, Goliath will come before the troops and then he challenges them, are you man enough? Send someone to fight me. Now, this effect, this propaganda has a wearing down effect on the Israeli army. There's rumors that say, hey, actually the Philistines are actually buying time because there's a small... Uh, Small troops, right? The size, they're waiting for reinforcement. Whereas the crack troops of Israel, we are ready. We have a bigger, bigger uh, army size, but yet nobody there has to take one-to-one. Answer your question, why not? We fight together, but one-to-one, nobody there has to take on this Goliath. There's rumors that nobody has won him before. You go in standing, you come out carried by a stretcher. There was a rumor that goes like this. Now, so the people are terrified. This is understandable. Why are they terrified? Because they do not have a, a king to lead them. Oh yes, they have a king. They have a king. His name is Saul. But then? Then what? Okay, now Saul. Saul is the king of the Israelite, right? You think Saul is a weak, weak person? He's a weak person? Who says Saul is a very weak person? Okay, he doesn't follow God. Okay. Now, what does the Bible say? I want to introduce the first character of the story, Saul. You see, Saul is a weakling, right? Saul was an impressive young man without equal. This is what the Bible says. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abel, son of Zero, son of Bekorah, son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a man of wealth. And he had a son whose name was Saul. Handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Here is Saul. We have a, we have a Philistine giant who is three meters, but... The, the, the Israelite giant is not too bad, you know. Yes, Rebecca. Saul. Okay. I am 1.7. Okay. Uncle Charlie is 1.8. He's a six footer. Maybe Saul, uh, King Saul probably is, King Saul probably is a 1.8. La, huh? Not too tall, la, okay. All right. But the, the rest of uh, the Israel soldiers are 1.7 like myself. Now, so you say Saul is weak. Are you sure? In, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 23-24, the Bible tells us, 
Okay, you can read First Samuel chapter 10 yourself. But then they ran and took him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upward. And Samuel said to all the people, Do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? There is none like him. And all the people shouted, Long live the king. So Saul is not a weakling. Yeah? He's not a weakling, okay? He was weakened? No. Let's continue. Alright. First Samuel chapter 11. You cannot go ahead of me, okay? But let me continue. And the next day, Saul put the people in three companies and they came into the midst of the camp in the morning watch and struck down the Ammonites until the heat of the day and those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. This is King Saul. If you compare King Saul with King David, King Saul is a better fighter. He says that he knows, but he became evil. Alright, very good. I, I, like the, I like the interaction. Now let me ask you a question. I have a banana here. I, I got another one that's here. Right? Okay, I got two bananas. Okay, now you tell me. Which... Which banana would you like to have? I have some more, by the way, here. It's ye- yellow colors, okay? Of course, you can eat, but which one will you choose? Come on, children, as well as adults, which one will you choose? Nobody in his right mind cannot choose both, but nobody in his right mind will choose one. The darker one. The darker one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason... Okay. Now, let, let me just look at the inside of the banana. Actually, it is very, very ripe. It is very nice, okay? If I'm not pretty sure I would have eaten it, okay? But it's very nice. But look at this one. This, well, this yellowish, actually, is quite soggy, okay? That I can't even tear the... Right, so this is how it looks like, okay? My, yeah, now, why is it... Why is it so dark in colour? Because I put inside the fridge. Alright? <laughs> I put inside the fridge, so it's, 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 it's this colour, alright? Yes, I know cannot be selfish, but my, what is the point of my story? The point of my story is that on the outside, one head taller than the rest, by right, 1.8 meters, King Saul. But inside, the boy says, is that a yellow banana? Yes, it's, inside it's not ripened. He don't have a heart for God. Okay? He don't have a heart for God. This church got a lot of storytellers among the children. Praise God for them. This is for me to wipe the t-shirt. I don't want to shake your hands later on, right? Now back to today's story. Back to today's story. Verses 11. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, where are you? I'm the champion. Where is your champion? They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Not just the soldiers. Saul himself. Man above. No equal, right? Man above the rest. Can you see this man? Samuel said, have you seen this man before? Long live the king. He was dismayed. And verse 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man Philistine, when they saw Goliath, they fled from him and were much afraid. They, sh- they say, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. Defy means to challenge Israel. So the story continues. So we have King Saul. You mentioned what? Banana, yellow, so on and so forth, right? The heart is not right with God. Our, our, our little friend here says, right? Okay. Now you make sure you write in the notes, huh? As you're coming, we're going to come to the notes already, okay? 
Now the Israelite betrayed a lot of faith in the covenant promises of God. This is the whole story in 1 Samuel 17. It is not about the underdog, whether it's from another country fighting certain causes. It is not about you fighting your, your boss or fighting an elder brother or sister who bullies you. No. The Israelites betray a lot of faith in the covenant promises of God. God says in Exodus 23, He says, And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. For I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. But the, the people, remember the previous verse? When they saw this giant three meters tall, they forget about what God has said. They forget about the covenantal promises of God. And that's what happened in today's story. Later we ask ourselves, will we remember all this? Right? We ask ourselves, will we remember? Yes. But the story is only also, also for us today. All right? Let's continue. Now something happens that changes everything. Shall we continue with the story? Right? You have been very interactive. You tell me, in fact, you tell me a lot of stories. Yes? You answer correctly. Okay, now the second character in the story, who is this guy? Beckham, David Beckham. I don't know who is David Beckham, but I think he's a very famous footballer. All right. He plays soccer well. Yeah. Okay. But do you think this is the man? No. Cannot be right. Okay. David, the shepherd boy. David is only 15 years old. David, in fact, is a minor in this case. He's a minor. Cannot even vote in our church. All right. Or even in the country. He's a minor. He got no place in society. Keep quiet. Sit down. Right? This is David. At 15 years old, he's about my eye, my eyeball. 15 years is about 1.55, maybe 1.5 meters. Okay, this is my eye level. 1.5 meters. Goliath is how tall? Three meters. Three meters. Okay, 1.5, so divide by two, right? Okay, so we have a giant and then we have a, a boy. Not David Beckham, that's what we saw, right? No. And so you read the text, you continue, right? That's what I mentioned about the. So David went. To visit his three brothers. Can you, can, you, can you tell me? You are very good with the story. Right? I'm very thankful. Now, what are the names of his brothers? There are three. Just name one of them. Eliab. Some more? Parents can help. Huh? You have the text before you, right? First Samuel 17. Eliab is the firstborn. Second one starts with A, right? Abner. Aaron. Abinadab. Not Abner. Okay. How about the third one? Third one is Shama, right? Now, so David went to visit his three brothers in the field. He's supposed to bring food to them. His father said, bring to the, please follow the text with me, right? He bring, please bring to your brothers, as the same time, give to the captains, right? give to the commanders. So David's father, Jesse, is a very kind man. And so when David went there to the camp, after he had, he had put the supplies down, and then he heard within his earshot the same thing. What is the same thing? The text tells us. Goliath challenged them again, right? Goliath said the same thing. I'm the champion. Send one champion. If you defeat me, we become your slaves. If I win you or defeat you, you become our slaves, right? That's the whole story, right? Yes. Now, so what happened to this David? David says, hey, how can this guy say such thing, right? Okay, David don't want to fight. But David said, how can we say such thing, right? And what did David say? David asked the people, hey, so what, what's going to happen? And then the people say, hey, the soldier says, and the king will enrich the man who kills Goliath with great riches and will give him his daughter 
and make his father's house tax-free. Alright, tax rebate. So the thing is this, now here is a king, remember? King Saul, one head above the others. There's none like him, correct? Saul, uh, Samuel says, have you seen this man? There's none like him. Now he says, hey, anyone who can defeat uh, Goliath, I'll give you my, wife, uh, my daughter. <laughs> my daughter. And then, uh, uh, two zero, two zero right now. Uh. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, tax free for your family. Why not? Can you imagine? Here is Saul. Suddenly he shrunk. He mentioned about the banana. Exactly right. It's not, his heart is not right. But that's not what he mentioned. He, he, he fought a lot of enemies, a lot of uh, the Ammonites, for example, right? What happened? Because his strength is in himself. I'm 1.8 meters. I'm taller than the rest. I can defeat. But now suddenly, 3 meters. I cannot make it anymore because he's based on himself. But look at David. David says at the, at the bottom, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? For the, for the sake of the children, when you say uncircumcised Philistine, David is saying that they got no place in this land. They got no place in this land. Only God's people, the circumcised people, have a place in this land. But more importantly, David says, How can he defy the living God? So David's heart is really right. Not right, huh? right. Right with God. Okay? But his brother Eliab, at verse, 20, verse 26, says that, hey, you come here, you only talk, right? You want to see the battle only, what? Can you imagine an elder brother telling him, because why? Not David Beckham, David, the minor boy, right? He's, so nobody believed that this is going to be the man, right? Now, come to the first point of the sermon today. You have your, your, your hand up. You want to write this down. Same? Good. God works in David's life to point us to Jesus the shepherd. It's not about your boss bully you tomorrow, you're going to stand up in the name of Christ. It's not about your elder brother, elder sister bullying you. No. God works in David's life. Yes, because I help you. Very easy, right? God, God works in David's life to point us to Jesus the shepherd. Correct or not? Right? Yeah, is Jesus the shepherd? Tell me. Really? Where, where in the Bible says Jesus is the shepherd? This is the moment of truth, huh? Sunday school level is still not there yet. Okay, catch up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Okay, now, but more importantly, okay, if you read the text from verses 32 to 35, David is a shepherd. All right? David is a shepherd. We'll talk about that later. But more than that, who relies on God. Is he a king? We're going to talk about that. Right now, he's not. He's not only a shepherd, who, but he relies on God. Now, if you can look at the text, verse 32. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant, means David, will go and fight. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine. You are but a youth. Mentioned right, 15 years old. 15 years old is secondary three, huh, by the way. Alright, secondary three. 15 years old. Okay, and he said, "But Goliath is a man of war from his youth." But what did David say? He's a shepherd. He says, "Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, struck him and killed him." David is a shepherd. You mentioned is David a king? He's not a king. He's not a soldier. He's a shepherd. Understand? He's a shepherd, right? but who relies on God. David says, Your servant has struck down both lions and bears 
And these uncircumcised Philistines shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37, David says, right, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. You got it? Good, huh? Next time, I should not help you so much with all your fill in the blank because I give you four letters, eight letters, you know, shepherd and king. Very easy, huh? Okay. Shall we continue? So the application number one. Jesus points out, David points us to Jesus. You're going to write down there, right? The ultimate shepherd who loves his people. You put the L-O-V-E already, you know? okay? Love with the S, huh? Right now, with the S, loves. Uh, I see. Uh, your Bible knowledge may be good. English not so good, huh? <laughs> okay, loves. Okay, although I put only one blank, you're supposed to put S behind, okay, because singular. Now, this is the first point, right? God works in David's life, in his life first, to point the people, point all of us to Jesus, who is the shepherd, not the soldier. Let's continue. We go, before we go to point number two, right? Now, what happened as the story continues? There's rumors. They say, hey, there's somebody who actually gave his life to want to fight the Philistine, no? Then they say, hey, who is this guy? Huh? And so they say, hey, I heard that this person is inside Saul's tent right now, okay? And so people, all, the soldiers all gather around the tent. Who is this person? Well, he's so brave and he's so daring, right? And so lo and behold, when the tent opened, they saw this 1.5 meter boy, right? Coming out. Without body armor, without anything except his own rod, not spear, his rod, and then of course his sling. Behind him stood all the tall soldiers, right? And so this little boy, David, went down the valley. That's why I mentioned the Israel troops are at the what, north or south? south. Wrong, north, okay? <laughs> all right. And then the Philistine troops are at the south. So David went down. Now from behind David, all the, the Israeli soldiers will say, wow, this is 1.5 meter boy, right? Going down. Well, he's, he's quite, I mean, verses 32, 37 say, yeah, I come, you know, God with me. But he looks rather, rather uh, vulnerable, right? The word is vulnerable. And only later then, they know the story behind. That is, actually the king's advice says, hey, you want to go to fight uh, Goliath, right? Good. We are very proud of you. But if you represent Israel, maybe you should dress up, lah, huh? You should dress up. You must dress the part. And so what happened? You being the champion for the Israel army, you must wear the royal armor. 1.8 meters. Remember King Saul's royal armor. Right? But when David put on, he said, hey, this one cannot fit no? because David is 1.5. It's a bit short and then he's not used to the, the, the body armor. And so he said, forget it. Right? So he went down. Now, verse 41. Goliath looked at, look at the boy coming down. He, he, was, he, was, he was not impressed. He was very mad. He says, hey, what do you take me for? A mad dog? You take me for a mad dog? You come with a boy with some stick. Right, he said, okay, for the sake of uh, censorship, we won't talk about what he did, but the text says, he is very cruel to David, I will do something to you. Right. But what did David say? David says, that, hey, he says, I come in the name of the Lord, which brings us to point number two. Right. God, first of all, works in David's life in order to point people to Jesus the shepherd, not the super soldier, but Jesus the shepherd. But now God works through David's life, works through his life, through his life to point us to Jesus the King. Right? David is a worshipper. Worshipper of who? Worshipper of God, right? Just now we mentioned, right? Okay? And who reveres God. What's the meaning of revere? 
uh, uh, show, not reveal, reveres, reveres God. The, from the word uh, uh, reverence. What's the meaning of revere? Huh? Okay, alright. Uh, to revere means to give God the all, give God the reverence. Okay, that means to really put God high and above. Alright, so let's look at the text. Verse 43, And the Philistines said to David, here is, here is Goliath, right? Remember? Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David. Goliath said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Alright? Are you still listening? Good. Okay, now, now pay attention to the words in yellow. David is a worshipper of God, right? In deep in his heart. Correct not? He reveres God now. Look at the words in yellow. David said to the Goliath, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Yes, Rebecca? Javelin. Okay, what is a javelin? <sighs> huh? Like a bullet? No. <laughs> javelin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I don't know whether now the sports do that. Maybe you are too young, so I understand. It's okay. I think you understand. But javelin is a, is a, is a, is a spear, right? Then you, we, we, we... Okay, that's a spear. Right? So just javelin, okay? But David says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down. You see, remember the talk about King Saul? What does King Saul say? Hey, marry my daughter, right? Marry my daughter, give you tax free. So, so and so forth, right? But, no, what did David say? You defy the, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Lord of hosts, alright? And remember the point is, God works through David's life to point everyone, Right? to Jesus the King because David says so that the, all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saved not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's. Hmm? Okay, this boy asks a good question. Is this Jesus David's descendant? Go back to your Sunday school teacher. They will tell you. Or your father and mother. Okay? Yes. Okay? They will tell you. David went. He, as he went down the valley, he took five stones from the from the probably the dry river bed, and then the story was told that he let go one of the stone and then he fly through the air, right? He hit Goliath in the head, and Goliath is no more, right? So what happened? That is censored. So beginning of the passage, remember, if I win, you submit to us. If we lose, we submit to you. But what happened to the Philistines? They ran, they ran, they ran all the way. They did not honor the word. Alright? They didn't honor the word. Application number two. David points us to Jesus, the ultimate king who leads his people. Understand? It's not about David the soldier. It's not about David this and that. But it's about David showing people Jesus the shepherd, Jesus the king. Now, this is a time I want us to think carefully, children, as well as parents, of course. We know that just now the boy asks, is, David, uh, is Jesus the descendant of David? Yes, over time, right, we have 3,000 years of, uh, of our history from David's time until now. All right. Jesus came. 
Jesus has come into the world. The question is this, has He come into your life? Yesterday I was talking to an, a group of people and uh, one of the father, a Christian, he was telling me that, actually the mother was telling me that she uh, shared the gospel with her daughter who is primary six and she accepted Jesus Christ as her saviour, the primary six girl. So the thing is that Jesus has come into this world, but has He come into your life? Alright, think about this, okay? And now I just want to very quickly wrap up today's uh, the passage, okay? That's why we learned that two points in your handout. Number one, God works in David's life to point Jesus as the ultimate shepherd. So David has a shepherd's heart whose confidence in protecting the flock lies not in his own powers, but in the power of the living God. Now the Israelites wanted someone to to lead them, tall, handsome, rich. God wanted the people to know that God's dealing with His people are gentle, are caring, like a shepherd. Can you imagine that? That's how God deals with us, like a shepherd. The Bible says that we are like sheep, Isaiah 53, and each of us has gone our own way. And David's portrayal of the shepherd points us to the fact that Jesus Christ is the ultimate shepherd who loves His people like a shepherd loves His flock. A shepherd at that time is not like our present moment. How many of you have eaten coming soup before or mutton soup? In their time, they do not kill the, the lamb. They actually, they actually they, they want the fleece. But our time, we fleece the lamb. Okay? It's different. But God wants David's life, okay, works in his life to point to Jesus the shepherd. Point number two, God works through, through David's life to point to Jesus the ultimate king. David is a worshipper. You defy the living God, right? Who reveres God. Now, David's anger arose because he is a worshipper of God. And what happened at the battlefield brings shame to God. Brings shame to God, whose honor has been violated by the Philistines, number one. Number two, whose covenant promises has been forgotten by God's people. That is the whole story behind 1 Samuel 17. The Israelites wanted someone to, great to lead them. Like point number one, right? God wanted the people to know that God's anointed king will come one day. God's anointed king will come one day, right? Who is he? King George. Huh? King George of England right now. Okay. God's anointed king will come, right? But, which is now foreshadowed by David. Okay, Jesus Christ is the ultimate king who leads his people fulfilling the, the covenantal promises of God given to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, right? Jesus is the shepherd king, right? Shepherd king, right? Now, very quickly, the story of David and Goliath speaks directly to our lives today. It speaks to our lives today. It is more than a story to occupy children in Sunday school class. The story of David teaches some important truth. What are they? Now, the youngest son, the youngest, in fact, he's the youngest of eight boys. The youngest son of any family bears two distinctions. Alright, the youngest son, number one, he is considered to be spoiled and uninformed. Okay? So, it's usually spoiled and if I'll be very careful, of course, as you grow up, you become better, obviously, right? But when he's young, so usually little is expected from the boy. Inevitably, he displays fewer characteristics of leadership. Then the other children in the family, his elder brother, so on and so forth. As a child, he never leads, he only follows, being the youngest. For he knows no one younger on whom to practice leadership. But in the grass field, David learned what it means to be a shepherd, caring for the flock of his father. That was the foundation that God used to prepare David to become the king, to lead the people of Israel to the battlefields. God raised David to, to lead the nation of Israel 
to spiritual and political vigor. Now pay attention, believers and Christians, we come in all shapes and sizes like the bananas. From external, we look very good. But what matters most is not the appearance, but the heart. The Bible tells us that David is a man of the God's own heart. Now, God does not take aim at us based on our appearance. God looks at our heart. And God chose David because of his faithful and trusting heart. To point, to use David's life, to point people to Jesus, the shepherd, and the king. Jesus, the shepherd king. Several times in the story, David makes it clear that the Philistines are defying Yahweh. Now, David is not a mere teenager, although he's 15, right? Whose mouth is bigger than his brain. Who speaks before thinking, no. David has been anointed to lead. One chapter before first uh, Samuel 17, chapter 16, he was anointed at 15. So it's hardly surprising that faced with adversity, he begins to live out his calling. And God is behind the scene. Do you think the stone can fly across the distance if God is not propelling it? God is working behind the scene. God uses David to point the people that God will take care of his people. And God is working in and through David's life to point people to the future arrival of the shepherd king. Now, children, I want to ask a question right now, so it's not over yet. Jesus is the shepherd king. Jesus has come, right? Christmas, right? And very soon we're going to talk about Christmas uh, in, in this, uh, this church. Now, Jesus has come. Now, Jesus come as a free gift, correct or not? A free gift of God to all of us, right? Does not remember? Jesus has come to you, but has He come into your life? Oh, really? That's good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So later, I'm going to lead us in the time of prayer, but for the rest of us, let me ask you a question. If I say that Jesus has come as a free gift, how many of you want to accept Jesus Christ? Only the children, okay. But for adults, why? Because adults, we think, hey, there's no such thing as a free lunch. We think like that, isn't it? There's no such thing as free lunch. Adults think like that. For example, I give you a very simple, basic uh, illustration. It applies to, I think, most of us. Not all, but most of us. Okay? You know, a man, for example, you will open the car door for your wife. Right? Only two possibilities. Number one, your wife is new. <laughs> you, just, you just marry your wife. You know. Number two, the car is new. <laughs> now, but, but my, my friends, Jesus Christ do not have this hidden agenda. He invites all of us and I'm going to pray very soon. Okay? I'm going to pray very soon. I ask the children to quieten down. I'm going to pray for all of us. There might be some of us here who thinks that Jesus Christ has a gender. He has, a, he has a, a selfish reason. No. He's given freely to all of us. He died in our place. All right, we, I'm going to pray. Children, shall we pray together? Jay, Jaden, let's pray. All right. Dear Jesus, we know that David's life is not about the underdog who, fight, who fought the Philistine. But Lord, you work in David's life and through his life to point us to Jesus, the shepherd, and Jesus, the king. So dear Jesus, the Bible tells us that Jesus loves me and gave himself up for me. I want to know Jesus. Jesus, will you be my shepherd? Jesus, will you be my king? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, children, there is a last statement, right? Yes and no? Fill it up.